And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And today we're speaking with Julia Dean. We've had her on a couple of times over the years. And uh, she's doing lots of new things that we're going to talk about. But in case you don't know who she is, Julia has been, well, she's been a photojournalist. She was an editor, photo editor at uh, with the Associated Press. She was a um, an apprentice under Bernice Abbott early in her career. And she's probably one of the most terrific photography trainers in the world. She's been teaching for years at the university level and uh, uh, like many, many universities and workshops. And probably she's best known for the, to being the founder of the Los Angeles Center of Photography, LACP, where she did a ton of teaching and mentoring of many people, in particular, uh, a, a street photography collective in L.A. that has some of the probably the best street photographers in the country i think i just i've looked at their work over the last few years just amazing what what she helps these people with anyway i'm rambling julia thanks for being with us appreciate it i'm delighted to be here bob thank you so much for inviting me oh you're welcome you're welcome i'm glad to have you back and uh you know we've interviewed her a couple times i'm not going to go back and ask her about her personal history we'll put links to those interviews um that you can listen to at your leisure so we're just going to jump into things so let's talk about your new project that you started i think it was sometime last year it's called the la project so what can you tell us about that the la project is my new uh venture um, basically what it is is an umbrella for all the uh different opportunities that i can offer uh, other photographers so um, under this umbrella comes my classes. I teach street and documentary classes. Uh, and uh, also under this umbrella, the LA Project, is this wonderful big event that we've had one of so far called Projecting LA uh, 2022. And it included, this, this first one included 35 photographers who were either street, documentary, or news photographers and the the entire show is um of of that work and we did the event outdoors in a gigantic football field size parking lot in chinatown down uh, downtown la's chinatown uh and projected it onto a wall 80 feet wide and three stories tall and then we paired wow. music i one of our producers did all the music and with the with the pictures and it was just outstanding people walked away with their mouths open because it was it was all about LA um as big as you've ever seen it in LA uh so it was really exciting and it, and it was everything we wanted it to be um it was scary because you know the projector is so expensive that we couldn't yeah. actually rent it the night before uh to make sure it looked okay on that wall so we had to go for like one of the most expensive ones to make sure it did what we wanted to do and it did it was just outstanding and now for the next one now we've done it once and so it'll be a lot easier to to to, to do it mm -hmm. again so the next one is not scheduled until 2024 
It's uh, April 27th, 2024. Um, I, and on uh, May 1st of this year, uh, soon, and uh, I'm going to uh, announce uh, a submission process for photographers to take part. It's all submission process. That's who the, the photographers will get uh, selected by um, a group of a uh, selection committee of jurors um, uh, of, 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 you know, reputable uh, name. And um, then these photographers will be a part of the, uh, the part of the next Projecting LA. Um, I'm in the process right now of I'm, I'm the, I'm the sole fundraiser. I'm raising, uh, it's going to cost about $50,000 to put it on this year. And the way we want to do it last year, uh, it cost about half that. And I raised that in just a few months. Uh, but, uh, nobody got paid. All my friends worked for free just because they, they're so nice to me. <laughs> now this year I want to pay them. So, and we want to do, uh, you know, get a bigger stage and do things a little bit different. Um, and so it's going to be extraordinary. Um, so this is the money that I, that I'm, uh, need to raise within the next year. And, uh, one of the things that I'm doing right now is uh, applying for a California humanities grant, which would be very helpful to our, uh, cause. And what we want to do to make it uh, more interesting and more and let the audience take part more than just watching is we uh, have this great idea of taking our show after the big event to libraries every month for, mm. for several months, like eight months, uh, you know, the whole rest of 2024, so that it goes to the screen, a screening room in one of the many libraries in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, so we can show it to as many people as possible. So that's what we're working on right now. So um, the like, as I mentioned before, the, the, the all the guidelines will be on our website, which is the laproject.org um, uh, by May 1st. And the uh, submission guidelines and everything and e everything you need to know about how to enter your work. We're, we're, uh, we're telling people about it early because... In, in in the case of this new documentary project that I'm about to work on, um, it won't. I need six months. I need at least six months to work on it. So mm -hmm. um, if people know ahead of time, they can say, oh, I'm going to finish this project that I've been working on or I'm going to start one or I'm going to do one. And it gives them plenty of time to, to to actually do new work if they don't have something already on hand. So the you said uh, you're you're announcing it. May we say May second, May first, May first, May first. All right. Now this show is gonna it's gonna air in early June. So what's the deadline for submissions? Or Thank you. you uh, yeah, the deadline for submissions isn't until November fourteenth. Oh, good, good. We're okay. gonna announce it early so that people have time to work on new stories, new documentary mm -hmm. projects. Um, we want the latest current news in our show. Um, uh, we ended the show last year, or I should say, well, 2022, we ended our first Projecting LA with Ringo Chu's work. He's a photojournalist, a freelance photojournalist in LA, and this guy is fearless. Uh, his work is so outstanding. He won the Pulitzer two years ago uh, for his um, uh, work on the George Floyd uh, uh, story. Mm. And um, it, it was, it, 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 that's probably why people walked away with their mouths open, because his his work ended the show and it was just like, wow, the fires, the wildfires, the riots, the yeah. everything that was, uh, you know, went down that year. And so that's what we'll have in this show. It's current, amazing news. And we'll have documentary projects about lots of different communities in LA and, and, and we'll have, you know, compelling street photography as well. And the, the LA, this uh, street LA, my collective, or I shouldn't say my collective, 
Street LA, our collective, uh, will be a part of it. And uh, right now there are 12 of us. Um, and we'll probably pick another uh, 20 to 25 photographers uh, um, or more, depends on, uh, you know, we don't want it to, to, we don't want the show to be any longer than one hour. Uh, the 2022's show was 47 minutes. Really? And, you know, if you want to see it, it's on our website, the laproject.org. Um, you can see the video um, and uh, you can also see uh, a picture of the event that was so extraordinary. Um, it, it shows what an amazing event it was. This picture taken by Alon Goldsmith, one of our um, mm -hmm. photographers in the collective. I Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, he's I, really I remember good. him from the from the um, LACP contest I judged. Oh, because he was in. Oh, he was. Yes, in he was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. sure. Yes, he was. Unforgettable. That's why I, how I remembered it. I love so, that. So, who do you encourage to submit? I mean, do you have to be the work? Does the work have to be in LA and around yes. LA? Yes. Okay. Thank you for asking that. It yeah. does. It has to be LA County. Because okay. the whole show is about L.A. And you know what? One of our if you want to know what we have several reasons for doing this. But one of them is L.A., unlike New York, is this gigantic city. But it, yeah. you can't get there from here sort of thing yeah, unless you drive. Sure. Right. So it's all joined by these freeways. What we're trying to do is get everybody that's in these stories, that's in these communities. We're trying to get them all to downtown L.A. in this gigantic parking lot. Um, to we're trying to bring the city together is what we're trying to do through mm -hmm. photography about L.A. And it's just a I mean, it's just so exciting. And it's what I you know, once we hopefully once we raise the money again this time, it will get easier each time. Uh, but it's it's just a, a, a fantastic event that nobody's ever done before. So that's kind of what I wanted to do also with the L.A. project is something that I hadn't done because I've done just about everything else from, you know, having, I, I put on so many exhibitions for people and I've put on, you know, competitions and, and uh, book signings and, and panel discussions and, you know, all kinds of things, but I wanted to do something completely different, which is where this outdoor uh, projection came about. And as a matter of fact, Bob, another reason it came about, maybe even the first reason was I was thinking, where can I show this work? where Jose, my buddy from the alley, can actually come see it and feel comfortable there because uh -huh. he's not going to walk into a gallery. Even uh -huh. if he goes with me, he's not going to go. He's not, there's no way he'll walk into anywhere like that, indoors, you know. And so, so that's why I, that was my original idea. I want to put this show on so Jose and anybody else will feel comfortable coming. And he did. He came and and there were two shows that night. And I'm glad he didn't come to the first one because there were, there were so many hundreds of people there. I don't even know how many hundreds of people were there. I might not have seen him. But the second show, it started raining a little bit. And so people had already seen it. And so there weren't as many people there. And so he and I just sat next to each other and watched the whole thing. And uh, I was so pleased uh, that, that that he came and that that it happened. And, and so um, that's kind of where it all started. Wow. That's, uh, that's really cool. I, I didn't realize that the video is, is on the website. So I'm going to do that for the end of the weekend. Excellent. Thank you for that. You'll love it. Yeah. Speaking of project, I, I have a project I'm working on it and after we're done, I've, I've got to shoot for it. So, so I can't oh, watch the video. Yeah. So, 
You know, you asked me, and I didn't answer. Uh, who who is eligible? To, eligible? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This? yeah. Um, and really, it's, a, it's I would say emerging or professional photographers. So it's it's people who have um, uh, great street photography, uh, you know, compelling, um, meaningful documentary projects, and outstanding news um, uh, photojournalism. That's what we're looking for. Good, good. So. You mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Jose, because I wanted to ask, I know you've been working on a project with him for quite a while. And so first, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. I, I love talking about Jose. So in 2014, actually nine years ago in March, um, um, last month, I, I met him because I was in the flower district with my street students. And this, this, this colorful alley drew me down it. Um, and there was my buddy. Well, he wasn't my buddy at the time. This new person named Jose. I didn't know that he was homeless. He didn't look like it. I, I just thought he was a worker in the alley or something. And we talked. And so every time I went downtown to the flower district uh, with my students, I would stop in. And, and, and then that's when I realized he does live there because he was always there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we got to be friends. And every time I'd show up, maybe anywhere from three to six times a year, you know, um, mm -hmm. I'd photograph him and he was always. He didn't ever pose. He just let me follow him around. And I invited other students to take pictures for a long time. I let them uh, do the same. And he didn't mind. Um, and so I kind of shared my project for a while with people. And and then um, right about the right before the pandemic, um, we were I was just getting ready to say, Jose, we need to do a more meaningful uh, story on you, you know, a more in-depth story about your life uh, in this alley. Uh, versus just these nice pictures that I've gotten of you. I mean, there's a lot of good ones from that time that add to the story. But um, and I was just getting ready to ask him. And then one day he said to me, Julie, he calls me. I want people to know about my life. I want people to know in L.A. how I, I, people like me live. Mm -hmm. And so I was so happy because it was his idea. It, yeah. And, and yeah. I said, great. <laughs> I said, I was just thinking the same thing. So, so um, during the pandemic, when everybody else was staying home, I was going to the alley like three times a week. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I did the most work was in 2020 and 2021. Um, and I was there, you know, three times a week and I was interviewing other homeless people, uh, workers, people walking through people that have known Jose for, you know, five, 10, 20 years. Um, and so I, I wrote a, a, a piece, a 3,500 a word piece about him and um it this um it got published in this uh magazine out of spain called progressive e easing um and uh they they used like 22 pages and like 40 photos and my all my story i was so happy i could hardly wait to take it to jose yeah. and so what i did he was he was a little bit embarrassed he didn't want to show it to any of his friends because he was afraid they'd be you know mad or jealous or something and i said well then let me do it and then i walked around and showed everybody and then he was all happy about it and and now what i love about what i love about it is he, he's a very beloved person uh he's a hard-working guy uh, and he, you know, he makes his living doing recycling. Um, but what I love about what this story did for him, it, it I mean, he was already uh, pretty well known in the area, but now is now people know his story. They know that he, 
he left home at 14 because he was getting beat up every day by his stepfather. And he became a kid on the streets in Mexico City at 14 years old. Nobody that that's been that had been his friend all those years, all those all the workers and the owners of the fabric distant, you know, businesses around him. They didn't know this. And now they do. And I think it gave them even more respect for him. They all respect him quite a bit. But I think it, them knowing his story and then some of them got quoted. So they were all happy about that, that they were in the magazine, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm really pleased because I feel like now maybe the story, even though I'll, oh, I, I go see him every week, um, not I mean, most of the time I don't take pictures unless there's a picture to be had. Sure. Uh, but uh, I just go because he's my friend. But, um, you know, the stories I feel like it's, it's done. Unless he goes to Mexico or unless he changes his 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 uh, his living situations. And um, so so I kind of put that to rest so that now I can start on an, uh, my next documentary project, which I can't talk about quite yet. <laughs> yeah, that's OK. I, I understand that. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. When you're working on a project like that, and you did it for, uh, I mean, since like 2014, I know you did most of it during, during the pandemic, but I mean, do you ever get to a point where it's like, gee, I've done this over and over and, and I can't go any farther. There's nothing else to shoot. And well, I think I'm kind of at that point right yeah. now uh, because I've really done everything. I mean, from them being cold in the winter to yeah. you know, fires to to doing going to recycling to I've done everything except one thing, and I still need to do it, and that's stay overnight. I haven't done it yet because my yeah. um, my partner Jay he's he's he, he's not real hip on that idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder why. So I haven't quite done that one yet, but I probably will. <laughs> but I bet I bet Jose will make sure you're nice and safe. No, he I, I feel totally in in good yeah. hands around him. He would he would probably uh, he'd go to bat for me for sure. We're very close. So very do you, him. you can. I mean, really, I've learned lessons, really good lessons from Jose. That's interesting. I uh, by the way, if uh, we published a few of the photos from that project when when you were featured a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yes, so. yes. So I encourage all of our subscribers to go back and see that. Look at that again. I mean, the, her work is just so strong. I mean, thank you, Bob. A, I mean, you are you're just like an amazing photographer. Good. Well, oh, I don't you're want so to talk nice. about thank your you. website. I appreciate but, that. But it's, it, it, it is. It's so strong. And, uh, but I just wondered, I mean, since you did it so long, did you ever get to a point, say, in 2019 or 2021, it's like, I can't go on anymore, you know, but then something happens to keep you going and then you you find even new wrinkles or I uh, think well I think that that you know because I go see him every week yeah. I'm always open to having taking pictures and I, yeah. I try different times of the day so the lights nicer or whatever but 
Um, and I'm ready. I'm always ready. I, you, yeah. you know, I've got my camera over my shoulder at all times. I, I I haven't been without my camera over my shoulder for 13 years. Yeah. Ever since I declared myself an L.A. street shooter in 2010. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I always have it and I'm always ready. And and I know there's more good pictures to be had. Uh, but I mean, I've done just about everything. Even Julio let me take a picture of him taking a, a bath. Oh, I'm completely naked. And I mean, these guys know me so well. Yeah. The saddest part um, uh, that I've seen in all these years of knowing Jose is that Roberto just died. And and mm. that was really sad for everybody, including me. And he was uh, somebody that was like Roberto or uh, Jose's best buddy. And he died. In, he was an alcoholic he, and he was in his mid 60s and he mm. he died in his van and in the alley. And that's sad. Very yeah, sad. Very, very sad. Oh man. So in your earlier career, you were an editor, a photo editor, and which is pretty interesting job. <laughs> I had a lot to learn back then. I was so young. I was uh, yeah. I was 25 years old and I oh. uh, I got thrown into the fire at the Associated Press in New York. Oh man. I'll tell you, you learn fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. You know, it's fun for a while. I wouldn't have wanted to stay there for for uh, very long because I'm I'm kind of not a desk job sort of person. Um, all, you know, all the time. And and uh, I mean, I I work on my desk a lot, but I I don't want to have to go there from you know nine to five sort of every day. So, but oh man, I learned so much, and I and and it was really good experience. Well, most of us have to edit our own work, and. So I just wondered, as a professional editor and teacher, what uh, what can rest of us in the real world do to be able to edit our own work? Any any words of wisdom you can share? Well, I mean, when I'm looking at um, um, my students' work, or or I'm looking at we all collective members are looking at each other's work. Um, what I'm always looking for is a, a photograph with a strong, strong content, you know, mm -hmm. something happening in a photograph. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, you then add great light and then you're in real good shape and then add a background that's works, um, in whatever manner you're working it. Uh, so you put those three things together, um, then you've got a good shot usually. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that what people, especially new photographers, they're so busy looking at what's right in front of them that they're focusing on that they're mm -hmm. not paying attention to what's happening behind that subject. Mm -hmm. And I am really like, if you look at my photos, they're very clean and they're mm -hmm. very, um, um, I, 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 I won't show them if they aren't, you know, uh, not that I haven't taken a lot of crappy photos cause I certainly have, but, um, um, I want a photograph that's, that's beautiful from left to right, top to bottom and all the way back. And maybe it's a maybe it's a chaotic background. Well, then I got to go to one point four or something, mm -hmm. you know. But but if it's not, if it's a beautiful layered background, then I'm going to go to f sixteen. I did that a lot in the alley because mm -hmm. with Jose, because uh, there'd be something happening in the front with some maybe somebody had a fire or somebody else would be in the background throwing a hoop, a basketball up through a hoop. You know, mm -hmm. you want all that to be in 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 focus. Um, so you got to be aware of your background to know what to do with it. So that's number one. That's my number one thing is to teach people that I have a street photography class coming up um, on May uh, 6th and 7th 
uh, and it's only a two-day class, and, yeah, and it'll be jam-packed. It's two critiques, two lectures, uh, uh, two sh two shoots, um, all downtown. And so, you know, I try to get those three things uh, sort of pounded into their brain in that short amount of time, or in a nine-week class, uh, or however long I get with them, is to pay attention to your subject matter. You got to have something happening in the photograph. It's got you got to have strong content. Um, sometimes even if it's out of focus, strong content can win. Uh, you mostly you want it in focus, but but amazingly, sometimes things don't work out, and it's still such a strong picture that it works even a little out of focus. Um, I have one picture like that in my whole career uh, from Prague. I was shooting at one second in the middle of the you know it's like dawn before dawn, oh. and uh, I remember putting oh, wow. my camera up to my face and th saying, "Yeah, right, Julia." And yep. and and like as I took the picture and my shake and made this picture so beautiful, oh. and I've sold it you know many times for for you know eight hundred dollars each you know so mm. it's it's a. Uh, um, it's a nice photograph that was a mistake that worked well. <laughs> a good miss. So it, it was because it had strong content, yeah. had a good background, and it had good light, you know? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I had, well, I'm not going to talk about me. Okay. But on the editing thing, in terms of the, um, in terms of a, like a documentary project, you know, not just having, you know, strong photos, obviously, but you got to make choices. And how how can somebody or any, do you have any thoughts on how somebody can make good choices of what to put in? Say you only can have 20 photos in that project and you've got a thousand that you've shot. Sure. You know, well, what, like for yourself, uh, your website, by the way, is a prime example of all the galleries on your website. Obviously, you've taken lots of photos. How do you make the choices? Well, as far as like say a documentary project, um, I mean, even just the Jose one's a good example because it was uh, mm -hmm. in the last projecting LA. Uh, we didn't. We wanted. We told everybody they could have ten to twenty photos in that yeah. show, um, and I had like twenty five of Jose because I couldn't come down to twenty, and I figured, well, he's putting it on, and I I I raised the money so I can get, I get the extra five pictures, <laughs> <laughs> right? But but it is hard. It's very sometimes it's hard if you've got really good pictures. It's really hard to edit them down. Yeah. If I don't have very good pictures, it's really easy to edit. You know, so I'm looking for those three things in every picture. And if I don't have them all, they usually they're out. They'd probably out. be in for a lot of people. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm real hard on myself. You know, I, I, I actually need to go through my website needs. I need to take a whole bunch of stuff down and I need <laughs> to put some new stuff up because I haven't put anything up for two years. I don't think so. I, I need to um, maybe a year. I don't know. It's been a while. I have yet to meet any photographer who hasn't said that. I'll, I, I <laughs> oh, it's outdated. It. I've got to fix it up. I know. <laughs> Me included I, in my personal one. It's so hard. I know. It's, so, it's, it's like kind of the last thing that gets done, I guess, once you get it up. I've got the, got the website up about maybe about, I don't know, a few years ago. But, well, I, I changed it up a couple of years ago, but now it needs to be changed again. So, <laughs> well, don't change it yet because okay. Uh, I, I I like your website a lot. I, I like a lot of people's websites and most of them have way too much stuff in there. And uh, yours is, uh, yours is pretty tight. I've got to say one thing I really like is you've got a short essay at the beginning of every gallery. And, you know, we're constantly people submitting photos, 
or the magazine articles were asking for text to go with it. You've got such a good example. I want to I want to put links to some of these galleries oh, sure. to, to say, look at Julia's work, for example. And Excellent. see what you, sure. yeah. you know. I mean, it, it, people have a, a lot of photographers, and I've seen this, of course, at forty years of teaching and and yeah. and, and and running a photography school and so on. But um, a, a lot of photographers have a hard time writing. You know, photography is their skill, not writing. Yeah. I'm lucky because I went yeah. to graduate. School. I have a master's degree in journalism, so so I love writing as much as I love photographing. Um, and so it's 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 hard, but I but I love it. Yeah, that's a big help. I know I, I struggle. I used to write a lot, but now I don't. And, and uh, you, you think I would? Uh, Ashley does. Does Ashley? You've met Ashley Refo. Yeah. She does all the good writing in the magazine. <laughs> and uh, so it's tough. So I, yeah, I understand. What about now? You've taught so many people. You know what? What's the biggest mistake people make in street photography? Other than other than having a crummy background. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good one right there. Background, background, background. <laughs> well, well but... here's the thing is, you know, my, my whole background, I taught photojournalism at the University of Nebraska. I have a master's degree in journalism. My, my whole background is journalism. Yeah. And so I, I, my street photography students learn the ethics of photojournalism when mm -hmm. they take street photography. Yeah. So that is always my my goal is, you know, I, we we don't take pictures of homeless people. We don't take pictures of people less fortunate than ourselves or or, or down and out on their luck. Uh, Henry Cartier-Bresson has a quote, something like this. You must honor all persons. And I agree. So this is what I teach and, and lead. I think probably the biggest problem that people have on the street is getting brave enough to get close. Mm -hmm. um, and And that comes from just practice. Because uh, even though I've been on the streets for, you know, for so many years, counting, counting uh, around the world, um, I'm really comfortable on the streets. But if I haven't shot for a month, that hasn't happened for a long time because we shoot every week. But if I haven't shot for a month, I'm pretty um, rusty. I, I, I'm not as brave on the street. I'm not as quick. So, I, you know, the more you do it, the, the, the better you are at it and the, the, the braver you get. I think really what it boils down to is, is showing respect. Um, and I, I rarely, rarely ever talk to anybody uh, uh, when I'm shooting. Um, maybe I will afterwards or, or if I get busted and, and, and I'm worried about them, I just smile at them and, and, and usually that works. Um, but I think probably what people really need to do is is look at a lot of good street photography you know look mm -hmm. at the, the the historic street shooters before us look at some of the contemporary street photographers that are so good um and see what see why their pictures work well or see why they've chosen the ones that they have to show us um i think people tend to look at what's right in front of them and uh, that comes back to the background thing and mm -hmm. and and they're so maybe it, excited by what they're seeing and they're not paying attention to the rest of the frame mm -hmm. and so that's really what people do i think probably uh the the worst is is not pay attention to their whole frame and that just again that comes i i did the same thing for years i'm sure i i think it just it all comes with practice um i mean my eye lands on something long enough to focus and then it darts around looking at everything else and that's when i know when to when to push the shutter 
as long as I got focused on something first, then I can look around and, you know, get it. Um, so, so that's it. Good. Good. Well, thanks. Got advice from the expert. <laughs> I don't know if that was good advice or not. Yeah. Well, well, that brings up, uh, another thing I'm interested in is, is the, uh, uh, Los Angeles Street Photography Collective. And yes, it's called um, um it's called Street LA. Mm -hmm. Um and our website is streetla.org and to to be a part of it, um you just have to apply and send your work. Um there's a few questions to answer and and um then the whole collective uh we we meet once a month for a critique and three times a month to shoot. And so during that one of those uh, critiques, we look at the work that comes in, and then the whole group has to has to be majority vote for somebody to get in. Wow, wow! It's um, I guess I haven't looked at it in a year or so. I mean, it's the the people in their group are really really strong. This is what we you know we really want we want serious street shooters. We want yeah. them. To, it, we don't want it to just be a fun a fun you know class that you come and do for a little while. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that either. But we want for this particular thing we want um, real serious shooters that want to get better and enter their work and things and and get it shown and you know and one of the really cool things that we're doing both with um, the Street LA Collective and with Projecting LA is that we're going to donate uh, a bunch of our work to the um, city library in downtown LA. It's a big library and they have an extraordinary photography collection. And we want to uh, donate uh, work uh, year after year after year so that our work, not only are we taking pictures of LA, we're, we're, we're giving back this to the city. We're, we're giving these this documentary work and these street shops and the news, you know, the some some of the news uh, photographers um uh, they don't own the copyright because they work for they work for somebody yeah. but, um um if they if they do most people do um and then we just ask if people want to donate and most people say yes so that's pretty cool so is there anybody in particular in the group that everybody listening needs to check out or you don't want to single out one person one of my one of the one of the photographers in the uh, collective is also my co-director. I I, oh. I I had been uh, running the collective for years and years, um, and on my own. And then the, this past year, I invited Dan Sackheim, uh, is my friend's name, uh, uh, to be my co-director because he's just an outstanding, outstanding street photographer. Um, well, all, he does all kinds of great photography, but uh, uh, it, you'll you'll love it if you look it up. Daniel Sackheim, it's S A C K H E I M, and um, he also he's a dear friend, but he is also uh, one of the two producers of Projecting LA. He really is the reason that that our, our event was such a success because he's a director and producer and, and TV pro a director and producer, a oh. very success, successful one. And he just knew who to call for everything. <laughs> like, I don't know where to get a big projector that projects on the side of a building. I have no idea, you know, but he, do it. <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he had a PR firm. He had this, he had, you know, so everything that, um, everything that, that, that he, he helped the, the event so much. And so he, he is going to be there. Uh, producer uh, again as well, and and so is Joshua Stern, 
um, another uh, another uh, uh, guy in the TV business and good friend. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about being in L.A. There's a lot of people in the communications and the visual communications industry. It's true. It's true. And a lot of them are photographers. Yep. And exactly. uh, yeah, I'm just looking at uh, Dan's work here. Oh, my God. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He has uh, a different series. Of, uh, he has different names for them. He's got a film noir series and a series oh. called Unseen. Uh, it's really great. Wow. Wow, that's that's great. So um, I don't know what else is going on that we need need to hear about. I guess I'll I, I guess I'll I'll mention my um, the memoir that I'm working on. Oh yeah, this is pretty exciting as well. Um, um, my friends all through my life when they've watched me like travel around the our country in my whatever car I had my old jalopy that I was driving or I had a VW van once. Um, but uh, they watched me like run around the country with no money uh, photographing. And and then they watched me do the same thing for a decade all around the world on no money. I have a journal entry that says, and you'll, I kid you not, I have a journal entry that says it's five weeks before I leave for India and I still don't have any money. <laughs> you must I bought have my that. ticket and my <laughs> laptop and that's all I had. Right. Yeah. And I, five weeks and I was going to be gone six months. Well, I got the money right in the nick of time, but this has been the story of my life. So, so um, it's kind of how I've run my life. And we did it. We did projecting LA like that last year too. And 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 I kind of raised the money as we went. And my producer says, Julia, we're not going to do it the Julia Dean way this year. You got to raise the money first. <laughs> so that's a, that's probably good advice, right? So anyway, what I what the memoir is is a um uh these friends of mine all through my life have said you've got to write this stuff down because I have. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to put a book together. Well, I, I have kept very uh, detailed journals um, all my life, except for the past 20 years. I haven't uh, done much of that. But I, I, I did all through all those travels. And I would never remember anything if I hadn't written it down. And and they got better and better. Uh, after I got my master's degree in journalism, they were they were really good because I was a, a lot better writer at the time. And so um, um it starts in Broken Bow, Nebraska, where I was born and raised and, 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 you know, takes me through everything. I pretty much had, I guess, four, uh, I don't know if you call them, uh, four times in my life or, or certain segments of my life. Chapters, well, whatever. One, pardon me? Chapters. I don't know. Yeah. I four, four sort of chapters of my life. And, um, and, and so what, you know, the one first being education and a lot of it, and then the second being my freelance work, I, I, I went around the world on doing socially concerned work. I would I would get, you know, a bunch of nonprofits that could say, yes, we'll buy a hundred dollars of the pictures or whatever. You know, so I get it. I get a few people to 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 pay my uh, expenses so I could get around to all these places. And so that was my freelance era. Then when I came to L.A., eventually I started the Julia Dean photo workshops. And then 14 years later, I turned it into a nonprofit called the Los Angeles Center of Photography. And I was with, uh, uh, that's what I did for 22 and a half years. And now I've moved on to this next amazing phase of my life, which I'm probably the most excited about because it's kind of a full circle because I love, I love journalism. I love, I love writing about people. I love photographing people. And so this is what I'm filling my life with right now is, is my own projects, my, my, this projecting LA, which is all about, you know, journalism and, 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 and 
socially concerned projects and street photography. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it, I'm kind of back to my first love. Um, and of course, I'm teaching because I couldn't ever go on without teaching. I have that always has to be a part of it. Um, I couldn't do I, the three things that I love is photography, writing and teaching, you know, and they all come hand in hand. I, I wouldn't want to give up one over the other. No, that wouldn't make sense. No, that's ah, uh, you're in an enviable position. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, I guess uh, um um, it's amazing that you know you, you people look at you at like a certain age. They always think, oh, you're retiring. Oh mm -hmm. man, there's no there's there's no such word in my life. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, go play golf. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Against not that golf. there's anything against golf, but uh, yeah. yes, that's not my game. No, I agree. Well, before we go, you've got to please tell everybody where they can, can find you. Oh, okay, sure. Yes. Um, well, juliadean.com, that's pretty easy. Um, mm -hmm. That will take you to uh, all my photographs, uh, uh, starting with uh, my my year with Bernice Abbott, um, and um, then um, in, in ending with my Jose story. Um, there's, I think, 16 different portfolios on my website. Um, the LAproject.org is the one all about projecting LA. Um, that's where you'll find the the submission guidelines for taking part in this extraordinary show. Um, and um, then the third one is streetla.org. That is the website for the collective that uh, Dan Sackheim and I lead here in LA. Um, and I guess uh, I also have Instagram, though I can't remember what the address is. I think it's I'll find it and put it in. We'll put a yeah, link right. to okay, it in the, in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, Julia. My uh, pleasure. Yeah. I, I'm glad we're able to connect. And we'll have to do this again pretty soon. Excellent. I love it. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. <music>